Uh, we are so blessed to have with us someone that's more than a guest here at Cathedral of Faith. He really is a, a brother, a true brother. We've known each other for about 20 years. We met about 20 years ago, Pastor Anthony and I. He pastors a great church in Cape Town, South Africa. He is a national spiritual leader in that country. And even more than that, he has a heart for beyond Cape Town and is doing an incredible work in Mozambique. When Pastor Anthony and I first met, well, our hearts just kind of clicked and a relationship has developed. And when I went and visited his church, it's just like the Cathedral of Faith. It's amazing. And at, over the years, about 10 years ago, we formed a strategic alliance with Pastor Anthony in the work that they're doing in Mozambique. We joined together with them, and we helped them. Last service, we had people in service that had helped to buy property in Mozambique. Last night, we had people in service that helped to build those classrooms and houses on the campus at Mozambique. I remember being on that land before any of those things were built. And over the years, we've been able to sponsor hundreds of kids to help them follow the dream that God has for their life in Mozambique. Can we give God praise? Way to go, Cathedral of Faith. Way to go. It's literally changing a generation, and it's an answer to the prayer that we pray. God, help us to care about those that nobody else is caring about. God answered that prayer in one of the poorest of the poor regions of the world in Kilimani, Mozambique. And it's so great to have Pastor Anthony and Desiree, his wife, with us today. He's coming to share with you this, the theme of our series is This Is Us. This Is Us. Say that with me. This Is Us. And he's coming to talk about the authority that we have in Christ. I want you to give him a great big welcome back to his California home. Welcome back, Pastor Anthony Liebenberg. Wow, wow, wow. Fabulous. Hello, everybody. Good to be here today again. This is truly my Cathedral of Faith family. You are family to us. We've been coming here for many years. And just while we remain standing, I wanted to say thank you to, to Ken. He's, he's gone right. There he is over there. Uh, I just, you know, when you stay with somebody in their home, you get to know everything about them. Would you like to know some personal details? You know, and uh, they are the real deal. What you see out here, what you see here is what happens back at home. They're the most amazing people. We have so much fun. Do you know why I love being with them? They are the most amazing grandparents you could ever imagine. Uh, I'm a grandfather. We are grandparents too, and we just love our granddaughter, but I just love the way. I mean, he becomes avatar. He becomes, you know, he is living in the world of imagination beyond the imagination of the grandchild, and, and I just love that. He's on his knees, and he's wrestling, and beyond an infinity. And, 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 and I just love that about you. I love you guys. You, you're amazing. You love children. You love people. And I can see why you love the church. And so can we just say thank you to them for the amazing. Thank you. For more personal information, you can see me personally. No. I believe God has got a word for us today. 
You know, I believe one word from God can change your life. It says in John 10 verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The truth is, there is a devil, there is a thief, there are demons, and there are, there are circumstances that will come against you, will try and rob you of the potential of your life. And what the devil wants to do is keep you small, keep you where you are, stop you from reaching out to your full potential, stop being the person that God has foreordained, predestined you to be. Because we know the Bible says that God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. Let me just help you with this. Sometimes what stops us from reaching our full potential is a lack of knowledge, is a lack of understanding. And so ignorance is not bliss. The Bible says in the last days, many people will fall aside, will fall to the wayward side. They will lose their faith because of lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. So we are going to be a people that are going to hear the Word of God today. We are going to receive the Word of God today, and we're going to apply the Word of God today. And we will be all that He says we will be. And we will do, by God's sake, all things that He has for us to do. Because He has predetermined, foreordained things for us to do. How many of you know there is still unfinished work? The days that are before you are still to be realized. So I don't know about you, but I'm sensing we've got to get ready right now. You want to get ready in the Spirit? This is Pentecost Sunday. Jesus said to the disciples, you wait in Jerusalem and you shall be filled with power, authority, anointing to be all that you ought to be. So we are going to be here today ready to receive, ready to expect what He has for us, and then to apply, live what He wants us to live and do. So Father, we stand in Jesus' name. We say, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. We want to be a people that hear your voice and follow you. You said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Nothing, nothing can overcome us. Nothing is stronger than who you are, stronger than your word, stronger than your presence that's in us. So Jesus, we thank you for who you are, what you are doing in and through us, and what you're still going to do in the world that is ahead of us. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, give him some praise. And let's, come on, let's encourage him. Fabulous. Take your seats. Get ready for the Word of God this morning. I want to speak about spiritual authority. You see, it all comes down to this fact, is that we have spiritual authority. And uh, we've got, we've been given and endowed. We've been enthused. We, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the name of Jesus. We've been saved. We've been born again by the Spirit of God. Uh, everything that happens to us is first a spiritual act which leads to an influence in the natural world. Most of people live their lives in the natural. They never think spiritually. They never understand the spiritual life that we are called to live. So it's a spiritual life first that influences the natural. Many of us want to do things naturally, and hopefully it influences the spiritual world. But it's never like that. It's always the spirit world that impacts you and then changes your natural world. So we need to understand spiritual authority. And I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And Paul writes, and he says, I keep asking... Kind of look at that. It goes like, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, understanding, knowledge, so that you may know him better. Just pause there for a minute and think about that sentence. Paul is saying there is so much that I want you to get. God's got so much for you to understand. There is so much wisdom, so much understanding, so much revelation, because he knows that if you get it, your life changes. When you get it, 
Something is different in your life. When you get it, you know that your world will be different. Nothing can ever stay the same when there is a spirit of understanding, a spirit of revelation, because it engages you to be different in your world and in the world around you. Your inner world and your outer world. And so Paul is saying, I want you to get it. And I'm praying about this so often because when you get it, things are different. And I believe that you're going to get it this morning. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, number one, the hope to which he has called you. Number two, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And number three, his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do we have believers in the house today? Do we have believers in the overflow rooms? Do we have believers in our campuses? Do we have believers out online watching today? Yes. And if you're a believer, you have incomparably great power. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he goes on to say, in order that you may know. So when we may know this incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above. Everybody say far above. You've got to say this. You've got to get it. You've got to understand it. You've got to receive it because some of us are overwhelmed by our circumstances, overwhelmed by our addictions, overwhelmed by our illnesses, overwhelmed by the things around us, our financial lack. We're never meant to be overwhelmed because we have a far above capacity. This is far above all rule, authority, power, dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed, come on, let's say with me, all things. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Can I just ask you, who's the church? Is it a building or is it you? You are the church. Tell the person next to you, it's you. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul goes on to say in Colossians 2 verse 6, so then, everybody say, so then. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it. Now, you know that if he says see to it, we've got to make it happen, right? We've got to take responsibility for it. We've got to like, take ownership on it. And he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and decept deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world. Why get overwhelmed? Why get educated by what's elemental, what is just basic, what is not really the final authority, the full authority, the delegated authority, which really has no authority? Do you know the devil has no authority over your life? The devil has no, has no power over your life. The only power and authority he has is what you give to him. And he says, for in Christ, say with me, in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Verse 15 goes on to say, yeah, come on, let's give him praise for that. Verse 15 goes on to say and says, and having disarmed, this is so important, Jesus has disarmed the enemy. He has taken captive. He has taken authority over. You see, Adam and Eve gave away their authority. 
Jesus went into the, into, the, into the depths of the grave and he took back the keys of, of death and hell. He took back that authority. And he says, all authority on earth has been given to me and now I give it to you. There's something powerful about that. And he says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Ephesians 3 verse 10, Paul says his intent was that now, come on, say with me now. Paul is saying God's intent is that now. I believe God's intention is that now today, whatever has been bugging you, whatever has been coming against you, any demon of hell that has come against you, every bully of, enemy, of, the, of Satan who's come against you, every addiction that has tried to distract you, anything, every bit of sickness, depression that has come against you, I believe God is saying now things are going to change. God's intention is that you will fully realize, fully understand what he has for you and respond to that and be free in Jesus' name as we'll see a bit later. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6 verse 12, you know the beautiful portion of scripture about the armor of God. He says, for our struggle is not the budgie, it's not the dog, the cat, the mother-in-law, it's not the neighbor, it's not the boss, it's not, you know, it's not the weather. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, a solid understanding of spiritual authority is vital to build your faith when overcoming addictions, when it comes to overcoming temptation, in casting our demons, healing the sick, exercising our authority over the powers of darkness. You have to understand spiritual authority. You see, for example, we have been given authority to cast out demons, Right? But instead, we pray that God will bring the demon out. Well, what we are basically asking God to do is something that he gave us the tools to do ourselves. Jesus told us, you cast out demons. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to ask God to cast out demons. We say, Jesus, you do that, you do this, you do that. But in actual fact, he's asking us to do this and to do that. God has got so much. You know, most of what happens in front of us, God wants you and I to deal with. And we'll see why we can deal with it in a minute. So what's it all about? Well, it comes all down to what's called authority. That's an important word for us to understand, authority. In Mark 13, verse 34, it says, For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house, and he gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Let's think about that for a minute. How does authority work? You know, we all understand natural authority. If you're, if you're a, a principal in a school, you have authority. If you're a parent, you have authority. If you're a, an employer, you have authority. If you're a business owner, you know, there are many levels of authority in the natural world. But maybe even just like a traffic officer. You know, in Cape Town, we often have a lot of chaos with cars and traffic. And, you know, it is all over the place. And we get to this intersection, and I'm thinking, how are we ever going to get across this intersection? And as we get across there, some little figure walks out to the middle of the road and walks there, little figure like this, little hat on, got a outfit on. And then the little figure goes, wow, puts up the hand. Something else is flashing on the chest here. And the hand goes up, and everybody comes to a standstill. And then they go, that way. And all the cars go, that way. And the person goes, that way. And all the cars go, that way. And I'm like, what power? What authority that everybody is subjected to that authority? Then you start thinking, well, is it because of the person, the stature? Or maybe you can think, well, if, I would, if this lady was dressed like this, maybe if she was dressed like that, everybody would listen to that authority. Or maybe if you think, well, if Chuck Norris had put on an, a, a traffic officer uniform, everybody would listen to Chuck Norris. Or maybe The Rock with his, with his massive, you know, those 
those things, whatever they call them. I don't know. I've never seen them personally. And, uh, and we think, well, maybe it's my education that gives me authority. Maybe, maybe it's my position in life. Maybe it's uh, if I'm a man or woman. Maybe if I'm a Hollywood actor. Do you know it's got nothing to do with that? It's got nothing to do with whether it's a six-foot traffic officer or a, or a little midget tra- traffic officer. It's got to do with what's called a badge. It's got to do with authority. It's got to do with what that badge represents. Because when everybody sees that, they know that behind that badge is a lot of stuff. There's all of the police force. There's all the military. The whole might of the nation is behind that one badge. Do you know it's like that with Jesus? You know, it's like that with spiritual authority. That we have, when Jesus said, you can use my name. You can use my authority. I am giving you authority, which means that if I give you something, you have all of heaven that backs you up. You have every angel in heaven. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have everything you'll ever need backing you up. So when you go in the name of Jesus, let me tell you something. Something will happen. Something will happen. Authority does not beg. Authority does not ask. Authority commands. We're not told to ask God to cast out demons. We're told to do it ourselves. I go all over the world and I see demons manifesting in many different ways. You know, I, I, see, I, I see the devil really digging into people's lives. People are held captive at ransom like unbelievable ways. Um, you know, you don't have to go far to see the work of the, of the devil. You see the work of the enemy. You don't have to go far. The devil is still alive. His demons are still alive. But the church has been given delegated authority to deal with it. The chaos that's in the world. Matthew 8 verse 8 to 9 says, The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion understood authority. He said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. That one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very moment. You see, authority is exercised through the spoken word. The power of life and death, the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 18, is in the tongue. It says this, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We need to change, about what, change how we speak. We've got to change our language. We've got to change our tone. And so let's look at that for a minute. Jesus also showed us by his own authority how to exercise authority. One thing that made it clear that Jesus was the Son of God is that he, it's because he exercised authority that no one else had access to in, in history. In Luke 4, verse 36, it says, All the people were amazed and they said to each other, What words these are? With authority and power. You see, you can't just speak words in your own self, words in themselves are not enough. Words have to be backed up with authority, have to be backed up with power. And so they say, These are amazing words. But with authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. What we see here is that he casts out demons using his authority. In Matthew 8, verse 16, it says he casts out demons with a spoken word. It says, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. The Bible tells us he healed the sick with his spoken word. In Luke 7, it says, this is, that, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. This man knew that if Jesus just spoke, it shall be done. Another time in John 5, Jesus said to the man, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. I wonder if there are not people waiting for you to walk past them. 
and say to them, you know what, get up. Come on, maybe there are people who are waiting there and just the devil is waiting for you to tell him to go. Maybe there are people who are sick just waiting for you to, be set, to come there and help them to be set free. Maybe there are people just waiting. They've been coming to this pool of Bethesda for so many years, just waiting for, for an angel to come and stir it. But you know what? Jesus came past him and dealt with it right there and then. I believe that there are people waiting for you, an appointment with you, that you would come alongside of them, and they're lying in their sin, they're lying in their brokenness, they're lying in their addiction, they're lying in their, in their weakness, and they're waiting for you to say, get up in Jesus' name. I believe that. And it will happen through you. You just need to get there and say, I will do it. You know, here is a novel idea. Instead of talking about something, maybe we should be talking to it. You know, many of us talk about our sickness, talk about our, uh, the bullying at, at school of our children, talk about our children are getting involved in drugs, we talk about you know, the illnesses of our body, we talk about our financial lack, we talk about you know, just the depression. We, we talk about so many things in life, don't we? It's true. But when last have you spoken to it? You see, you have authority to speak to every bit of brokenness, to every bit of enemy's intention, to every bit of weakness, every bit of failure. You can speak life, or you can choose to speak death. So if you keep speaking about the death, well, all you'll get is the same, same old, same old. But if you speak it to it with life, with the resurrection life of Christ that's within you, and you stand up with authority, things will change. You need to believe God for that for your life. Jesus has given authority over everything. Matthew 28, Jesus said, then they, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So we've been given authority to heal. Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse eight, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. How many of you have done that recently? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, Wow! Cast out demons freely, you've received freely. Give the reason why you do this is because God's given you so much freely. You can do all of this because it's been given to you. You've given authority, you've given power, and so if it means that people need to be healed, it's because you've been given the capacity to do that in Jesus' name. So step out and do it. I've never seen where Jesus prayed a prayer like this Father, please heal this person. Instead, we see that Jesus healed people with his spoken word. In John 5, verse 8, Jesus told the man to rise up, take your bed and walk. I really believe there are people waiting for you to tell them to rise up, stand up, take a walk, believe God for your life. In Acts chapter three, verse six, the early church operated just like that. You know, Peter walks past the gate beautiful and there is a crippled beggar who's been lying there for years and years. And Peter walks past him like the church does every day, past a circumstance, past a broken environment, past an opportunity. You see, I believe every broken environment is an opportunity for God. And so he, he walks past this and the man turns to Peter and he, and he says to him, give me some money, give him some money. And Peter and John says, hey, look at us. Sometimes the church needs to call attention to what needs to be called attention to. And he looks up, and the Bible says he looks up at Peter expecting money. It's all he expected was just a natural engagement, a natural response, just a natural bit of charity. He did not expect spiritual authority. He did not expect spiritual breakthrough. He did not ex expect healing for his body, the very thing that he really needed for his life. And he looks up. And Peter and John said to him, well, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You know, many of the times we think, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. But I tell you something, 
Freely you've been given, freely give. You've been given everything you need. And you have the full capacity to do whatever you need to do. You just need to do it. You just need to step out and say, I will do it. I will speak it. And, uh, and the Bible tells us clearly, we haven't got time, but it talks about how Jesus took the 12. It says when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. You see, authority is exercised when there is a right to exercise it. And you have got the right. So they weren't praying and asking God to heal people. They had the authority to heal. They were exercising with a spoken word, just as Jesus did. Now, I want to clarify that I'm not saying you can't pray for people in other parts of the world and ask God to intervene on their behalf. God, God hears our prayers. But I'm not talking about what's not around you. I'm talking about what is before you. You see, many of us look at what's before us and we say, Jesus, would you deal with that? Jesus, would you sort that out? Jesus, would you bring breakthrough in that person's life? Jesus, would you do it? No, he says, you go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You speak to that demon. You speak to that disease. You speak to that depression in Jesus' name. You need to step out and say, well, I'm going to take authority. I'm going to take responsibility for it. And so we have authority to yield, but we have authority to cast out demons. I want you to notice that we're never told to coax or to beg demons to come out. Now that we're told to pray and ask God to remove them, we are told to cast them out. Matthew 10 verse 8, he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Mark 16, 17 says, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. Luke chapter 9 says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. Luke 10, 17 says, The 70 returned again with joy and saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. You see, Jesus distributes his authority. He gives us the authority. In Mark 13, 34, it talks about that. The, servant gives, the master gives authority to the servants. And in Matthew 28, he gives authority to us. And he gives authority to the 12 disciples. And he gives authority to the 70 disciples. And all of that is through the most beautiful name you'll ever hear. It's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Have you noticed that when you speak Jesus' name, things do manifest? Things do happen. I have seen the devil manifest more than when I have spoken in the name of Jesus. When I began to share the love of Jesus with somebody, I have seen the manifestation of darkness. Uh, I, I was in the military. I, I, I was doing two years conscription in the military. My father was a full-time military man. I grew up in a home, in a military home. We were at war in Angola and, uh, and in the Sadiq countries. And uh, at that stage, too, um, you know, I was the South African middleweight karate champion. My brother was the South African heavyweight champion. His wife was the full contact ladies champion. And my mother and father were both black belt judokai. And so we were a fairly aggressive family. We knew how to fight in the natural. We knew how to exercise authority in the natural. We knew how to take care of things. I was working at a nightclub uh, part-time. And, uh, you know, we, we did all kinds of stuff. And then Jesus came and saved us. And it was the most beautiful thing to see. But I want to tell you something. I was serving Christ for a short time as a young Christian, and I was up in, the, in, the, in a military base uh, in the, in, near the borderline of where the war was. And, and God, you know, it's amazing. You know, God will always give us opportunity to show his love. But the devil will also use the opportunity to try and take us off track and, and to undermine this authority that God has given us. And so there was this guy, his name was Tiny. How many of you know of a man that's called Tiny? He's never Tiny. You never say, hey, midget. You know what I mean? 
this guy was huge, nearly seven foot, as high as he, tall as he was, as broad as he was, and he had just been given a court action, a court decision to, that he would have to leave his wife alone because he was beating his family, beating his wife, and, and so he had some restraints put on him by uh, the courts of our law, of our land, and, and he was angry, he was mad, he was an alcoholic, and I began to talk to him about Jesus. And I said, Tanya, I just want to tell you, my life, you know, I, my dad was an alcoholic. I come from a broken home. But I tell you something, Tanya, when Jesus stepped into my world, he changed my life. He changed the trajectory of my life. He gave me a new place to stand on. He gave me a new life to live. Tanya, I'm telling you something. When any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. This Jesus, and as I said this, Jesus, I mean, this man just, like, he just got so mad. He started coming at me. Now, I was loving him in Jesus' name, right? That's all I was thinking. I want to love him in Jesus' name. Now as he starts coming towards me, I'm thinking, if he takes two more steps like that, I am going to do that, 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 that. But I tell you what, in a split second, I caught myself, and I realized it's not about me. It's not even about him. Because what's driving tiny is not natural. It's spiritual. And so I've got to address this in a spiritual way. And I just began to say, tiny, in Jesus' name, I love you. Tiny, in Jesus' name, I love you. Just going to say to him, I love you. I love you. Tiny, this is not you. This is not what God's plan is for you. Tiny, Jesus loves you. Tiny, I love you. And but he never came forward. And then he came as much as a meter in front of me. And he was going mad. It was like, it was like Jesus, you need to do this. <laughs> you know, that moment like, God, only you need to break through here. And uh, Simon Peter walking on water, like, you know, only the Lord can do this, right? And as I was doing that, he suddenly just broke down and began to cry. And he wept and wept and wept. This huge guy came and fell on my shoulder. It was like Goliath getting saved and saving his head, you know. And uh, he just leant on my shoulder and wept and wept. And I had the privilege of, seeing him, of baptizing him in water, discipling him in that military base, seeing him come to Christ, seeing his life being changed. Do you know what? I'll tell you something. Speak in Jesus' name, and you'll see things change. Speak in Jesus' name, and you'll see circumstances change. And what it's going to take is quite simply faith. You know, authority has been given to them who believe. And it's all about faith. And I want to close with that today. It's all about faith. You know, it's, it's important to understand that faith allows us to access our authority. You know, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. And God has given us a gift of faith. God has given us the capacity to exercise faith. That's why it talks about in Ephesians 6 about the weapons, right? And the armor of God. It talks about the sword of the spirit. But it talks about the shield of faith. That when you take up that shield of faith, the, the, the attacks of the enemy, the intentions of the enemy, anything that the enemy will try and bring against you will never succeed. Because we have faith. And I want just you to think about this for a minute. Just think about this story in the Bible, when it says that Jesus said to the disciples, we are going to go to the other side. Do you know that when Jesus says something, it's, it's a promise? If he says we're going to go to the other side, do you, do you think for one minute that he's just suggesting we might go to the other side? Or he's thinking that just maybe we'll make the other side? I would like you to believe that when Jesus says we'll get to the other side, you will get to the other side. Nothing will frustrate that. Nothing will come against that. It does not mean that there won't be storms on the way. It does not mean that you might not have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, remember the story the disciples said, Jesus said to the disciples, cast the boats out. We are going to the other side. And they go into the boat. They're happily on their way in their journey, and the storm comes up. And listen to what happens. 
You see, Jesus is in the boat. They're looking at him. He is sleeping. Now, he was sleeping before the storm came up. All right? They didn't have a problem with that. But then the storm came up, and then they looked to the storm. And when they looked at the storm, they began to look at it in a natural way. And all those natural emotions, those negative emotions, the things we talk about in life that gets us into trouble, all of that began to manifest. And then when they take the eyes from looking to the storms, and when they looked at Jesus, they see him in a different way. And we know that because they then turn to Jesus and they say, don't you care? They lost their sight of who Jesus really is. They lost their capacity to understand that the miracle-working God is in the boat. This Jesus who feeds the thousands, he raises the dead, heals the sick, casts out demons. He's in the boat of our lives. But sometimes when you look at the circumstances, and you look at it long enough, and when you look at Jesus, you don't see him as you should be. And they say, Jesus, don't you care? And you know the story, Jesus gets up, he rebukes the storms. And then he says to him, but why have you so little faith? You see, you, you could have and you should have spoken to that storm because you have authority. And I wonder right now today, what is the storm that is around your life? What is threatening your family? What is threatening your world? What is it? Is it, is it, is it fear? Is it depression? Is it sickness? Is it disease? What is it? Is it, is, is, it, is it past failures that are coming back to haunt you? What is it? What is the storm that's brewing around your heart and your mind? Well, I want to tell you today, you can stand up in this boat because Jesus is right here with you. And you can speak and say, get up, get out, get up, get out, get up, get out. Cease, I say, cease, I say, in Jesus' name. Stop that in Jesus' name. You will not touch my children in Jesus' name. You will not bring this disease upon my body in Jesus' name. I am the, the Lord's child. I am the resurrection of life. Christ is in me. The hope of glory is in me. He who raised Christ from the dead, that spirit is in me. I am no longer a victim. I am an overcomer. You have no hold over my mind, over my heart, over my body. I am set free because whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. And you let my children go. You let my business go. You take your hands and your paws of my family in Jesus' name. Stop talking about it. Begin to speak to it. Now, right now, while every head's bound to be asked closed, time is gone. I want to pray for you right where you are. If you want to break through today, if you're saying, Anthony, this is, this is for me. God has spoken to me. It's time to speak to my circumstances. Stand up right now. No one looking around. Right now, everybody stand up. You, you, this is you. You stand up only because you're saying, God, this is for me. This is for me. And I want to speak to my circumstances right now in Jesus' name. If you're watching online, God is speaking to you right now in your house, in your home, wherever you are, just stand up where you are. Allow God, if you're in the outer breakout areas and in the, in the wider rooms, if you're in our campus churches, you just stand up where you are right now. Everywhere, no matter where you are, Jesus is in the boat of your life right now. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name for every person, every person. Lord, we have, you have given us authority, and we speak with authority over every life. No one is to be held at ransom. No one is to be held captive. 
No one is to be held bedridden. No one is to be held incarcerated by sin. No one is to be held, Lord, captive by wrong thinking and wrong emotions, held captive by, by disease, held captive by addictions. God, right now, because you say, whom the Son sets free. So we say, Father, let them be free in Jesus' name. Let them be free in Jesus' name. I speak healing over your body. I speak breakthrough over your life. I speak financial resources over your life. In Jesus' name, be free, be free, be free. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for how you're at work today. Thank you, God, for the breakthroughs that are happening. Thank you, God. This is a new day in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.